Hey weirdo, what's your superpower, and how will you use it to change the world? Welcome to Season 1, Issue 3 of Just Us Weirdos, a weekly serialized fiction podcast about learning to be heroic, no matter how weird your superpower might be. I'm Charlie White, and I'm happy to be recording our third issue, but I'm even happier that you're here to join us for the story today. Last issue on Just Us Weirdos, we saw Amina Amparo break into the mansion of Gwenifer Work to steal the binary consolidated super suit that her best friend Dagny knew was there. They wanted to steal the super suit to help them succeed at their first superhero mission, a mission to stop a ship made by a company called EcoDirect, which was going to dump nuclear waste into the ocean. Amina and Dagny wanted to use this mission as a dress rehearsal to become sidekicks for the superhero named Wondar. They also gave themselves superhero names. Amina became Graphene with the powers of graphetic manipulation, which lets her draw with her fingertip and make things real. And Dagny became IT Girl, who has the power to talk to computers with her mind and tell them to reboot. Graphene snuck on board the ship while IT Girl provided remote support. Graphene got past the guards without much problem, but once on board, IT Girl noticed something weird over the video link. There were bananas on the deck of the ship, and when Graphene spotted them too, she also saw guards slipping on them like it was the circus or something. The guards fell off the ship into the water, and Graphene couldn't help herself but laugh. That is, until she stepped on a banana of her own. She tried to grab the railing of the ship, but it was too slippery and it smelled like bananas. She tumbled over the edge and began to fall towards the cold ocean below. I bet you want to know what happens next. I mean, usually when you have a situation where your superhero has fallen off a boat and is about to plummet into the ocean, the polite thing to do is say, and then this happened. But I can't do that just yet, because I've got a content warning to start us off. Kids, beware. Today's episode features scenes of superheroes showing off to each other. Adults participating in silly rhymes and barf. Yeah, I said it. So, if you have an adult nearby who is uncomfortable with these things, and trust me, all adults are uncomfortable with barf. I mean, they had to deal with you. You might want to check in and make sure they're okay listening to it. If not, put some headphones on and enjoy it for yourself. Oh wait, what's that? Somebody said something about a cliffhanger? That's right, I totally forgot. Sit back, put a smile on your face, think of something weird, and get ready for issue number three of Just Us Weirdos. Feeling Green The cold ocean rushes up to meet Graphene, but she's ready for it. She reaches out a hand and trails a finger along the pure white surface of the EcoDirect ship, drawing a solid graphite line as she falls. Right before she hits the water, 
She grabs the makeshift pencil-drawn rope and pops the bottom part off the side of the boat. The tips of her toes splash in the water, and she bounces back up, grabbing onto the ledge she'd sketched earlier. That was close, IT girl yells over the comms. Yeah, Graphene agrees, out of breath. And I've just about used up all of my homework. I've only got a couple more good lines in me. She peeks back over the deck of the ship and whispers into her comms. I don't see anything else there on the ship. Do you? IT girl is safe in the bedroom of her family mansion, watching the live feed from the stunt cam mounted to Graphene's helmet. She turns up the contrast on her night vision filter to see if there's anything that might jump out as dangerous, perhaps another banana or two. But she doesn't see anything. She does hear something. IT girl extends her superhuman senses and hears the complaining of a computer with a bug. Wait a minute. I hear a computerized device over there next to the lifeboat. I think that must be our banana thrower. Let's surprise them. Give me a count of three, and then climb back onto the deck and run for the lifeboat. Graphene whispers her count into her headset. One, two, three. And she heaves herself back up onto the deck. At the same time, IT girl whispers, Reboot, to the faulty computer she senses next to the lifeboat. Graphene runs for the shadow where that computer is located. A high-pitched whistling noise emerges from the shadow as something almost too small to see whips toward Graphene. She tries to jump out of the way, but she sees that she doesn't have enough time. So she reaches out and snatches the thing out of the air. What the heck? Comes a voice from the shadow. Then, oof! As Graphene barrels shoulder first into a person hiding there. They tumble to the deck, and Graphene takes the opportunity to look at whatever it was she just caught, expecting to see a poison dart or a goo gun projectile. It's actually a very small banana. About a quarter inch in length, Graphene can feel through her suit that it's unusually cold, almost painful to the touch. Graphene throws the minuscule banana to the side and faces the man who's standing up on the deck. As he stands, she realizes he's actually just a kid. He's wearing a dark brown suit and mask that has a yellow stripe on the side. Look at this, Graphene says. It's our first supervillain. You're the villain, villain, the stranger says. But I don't even know if you're super because the only thing you've done so far is get lucky. Twice. You're lucky to have found me in the dark, and you're lucky my equipment broke down when it did. Graphene scoffs at him. Luck has nothing to do with this. I'm Graphene, and I'm just that good. As she says this, she yanks on a graphite line she drew when they tumbled to the deck. A rope pops into place right under the stranger's feet. It should trip him, but instead, Graphene just slides forward. She looks down and sees that somehow, she's standing on another banana peel. 
A whistle blows. The ship lurches forward. Graphene slips on the peel and topples back down to the deck. The costume character takes a step towards her and says, I'm Beninja, and I'm so good, I don't even need a catchphrase. A small yellow ball drops from a container on Beninja's gloved wrist into his hand, and Beninja throws it to the deck. There's a flash and a poof of white creamy gunk, followed by the overwhelming scent of bananas, followed shortly thereafter by a splash. What is that? IT girl says. Graphene stares at the mess on the deck. I think it's banana cream, and I think Beninja is gone. That was... IT girl starts. That was weird. Agreed, Graphene says. But I guess there are more supers in this city than just us and Wondar. But we've got to get moving. The ship's moving. We've got to get that drone AI rebooted so I don't end up in the middle of the ocean. Graphene slowly heads below deck, moving cautiously through the halls, trying to avoid the two guards she knows are down here. She hears voices down the hallway, and she ducks into a closet. The voices come closer. A woman's voice says, Jones, I need you to go above deck. I can't get the topside guard on the walkie-talkie. A man responds, Sure thing, boss. Hey, have you ever thought about this? Why do we call them walkie-talkies? What do you mean? The woman says. I mean, it's such a dumb name. What's up with the rhyme? I mean, I might as well call my sticky foot cannon here my zappy trappy. The woman sighs. Can't you just follow an order and go above deck? The man continues like he hasn't heard her. Or I could call that gun you're carrying the puka bazooka. The woman gives him a cross look. Go. Now. Will do, says the man. Graphene waits for the footsteps to pass, then says, The puka bazooka? What do you think they mean by that? IT girl says, I'm afraid they might be talking about another binary safe weapon. The green gun. Is that just like a sticky foot cannon, but colored green? Unfortunately not. When somebody fires the green gun, it emits a low noise that matches the resonant frequency of the target's stomach. So, Graphene says, hoping for a more commonplace explanation. So usually, it makes you puke if you get shot by it, IT girl says. Usually? Graphene asks. IT girl hesitates. Um, well, sometimes... Sometimes it comes out the other end, too. Neither girl says anything for several seconds. Graphene breaks the silence. So, avoid the green gun. Got it. But I think you have to hurry, IT girl says. They're going to discover that there are no guards left above deck, and I don't want to know what comes next. 
I saw some network cables running across the ceiling. I think if you follow those, it will bring you to the drone room. Graphene draws in a deep breath and inches open the door. The coast is clear, and so she steps out into the hallway. A metal tray hangs down from the ceiling, and multiple colored wires run through it like spaghetti. Yeah, that's a detail IT girl would notice. Further down the hall, she hears the woman's voice. They're just gone, she says. She hears the man's voice, but it seems to be coming from a different spot. Yeah, he says. One of them dropped his gun. <laughs> his zappy trappy. Do you think maybe... Hey, kid, what are you doing here? The woman shouts. Graphene looks behind her and sees the two guards. The hallways must have connected in a loop around her. She turns from them and begins to run. The guards chase her. Stop running, the woman yells. You really don't want me to shoot you with this green gun. Graphene steals a quick look behind, and the man is getting closer. She dodges down a side hallway, still following the cables. The man is bigger, and so he has to slow down a little bit every time he turns around a corner. Graphene takes advantage of this, and turns down a few more hallways to get a lead. The woman is trying to aim the green gun, but she can't seem to do that at the same time she's running. Graphene finally spots a dark room lined with computer equipment. That's it. That's what we're looking for. IT girl yells into her ear over the headset. It's at the end of a long hallway, so Graphene can't use the advantage she's found by going around corners quickly. The man is catching up to her. Graphene gets to the computer room first, slams the door, and quickly sketches a line on the floor. The door flies open. The guard steps through, and Graphene pulls on the line she just drew, making a rope and tripping him. The guard drops his sticky foot cannon as he goes down, and Graphene snatches it out of the air. She activates the strength module of the supersuit, picks up the guard with one hand, and sets him down in the hallway. The guard with the green gun comes running around the corner, and the woman's jaw drops upon seeing a 12-year-old superhero lift a grown man. Graphene sets him down outside the computer room, but keeps a hold on him. She holds the sticky foot cannon in her other hand, and points it at the floor and shoots, gluing the guard to the floor with sticky goo. The goo splashes up on the doorframe. That's perfect, Graphene thinks. This will hold the door shut while I look for the computer IT girl needs to reboot. Graphene pulls the door shut and takes her hand off the guard's chest. Only... her hand doesn't come off. Some of the sticky foot goo has splashed up and glued her hand to his chest. Down the hallway, the woman yells, Stop or I'll shoot! How did I get into this mess? Graphene says to herself. Graphene puts a foot on the door for leverage and pulls her hand as hard as she can. But she only succeeds in moving the guard. Then she realizes her foot has become stuck to the doorframe as well. Over the headset, IT girl says, What are you doing to the suit? The guard down the hall is aiming the green gun. Not knowing what else to do, Graphene slides the disengage code on the supersuit's tablet. It snakes off her, and the stunt cam clatters to the floor. 
stepping out of the suit. She shoves the door shut, leaving the two guards and the supersuit on the other side of the now-glued door. You have to get that suit back, IT girl says. We've got to finish this mission first, Graphene says. She picks up the stunt cam and pans it around the room. Do you see the computer we're looking for in here? IT girl listens with her techno-psychic powers for a minute. Yes, there it is. She reaches out for it with her mind and feels for a bug. Unlike Mrs. Ponzone's cell phone, this is a very well-built computer, and it's hard for her to find a problem with it. After listening for a moment, she does hear the artificial intelligence complain that it's missing something, so she listens closer to that. Oh, that's actually kind of funny. Graphene, catching her breath, says, What could possibly be funny right now? <laughs> um, the automatic sorting drive is missing. That's the part that would have been responsible for dumping this vessel's load into the ocean. The ship can't actually dump its waste, so... We don't really need to do anything... Graphene thinks back to her encounter with Beninja. He had a large piece of technology strapped to his back. She had thought it was part of his suit. But maybe... Do you think the reason Beninja was here tonight was... Yeah, IT girl says. I do. Graphene shakes her head. Well, I've still got to get out of here. And you still need to get that suit back, IT girl says. Graphene moves over to the door, feeling somewhat naked in her jeans and hooded sweatshirt. She grabs the door and pulls, but only the top half of the door moves at all, and it only moves about an inch. Graphene wraps her fingers around that part of the door and pulls. She manages to pry it open about three inches. Through the crack in the door, she sees that the mail guard is still glued to the deflated supersuit and the floor. Then the sound of a ripping zap fills the hallway. The woman is still standing there with the green gun leveled at the door. A giant bolt of green energy now barrels down the hallway straight at Graphene. She lets go of the top half of the door and slams it shut. Graphene hears a zap, then a groan, then... Well, something pretty unpleasant as the contents of the man's dinner leave his stomach and find their way directly onto the prototype binary consolidated supersuit. I don't think we're getting that suit back, Graphene says. And I don't know how I'm getting out of here. I don't care what you do, IT girl says, unless it involves getting that suit back to my mom's house tonight. Graphene takes a deep breath. Then she reaches up and clicks off her headset. She doesn't know what she's supposed to do, but she does know that she can't get the suit back, and it's not going to help to have her best friend yelling at her about that. Graphene starts looking around the computer room to see if there's another way out.
Flight 1369 from Grand Rapids, Michigan to the Bahamas has just landed. You may disembark and grab your luggage at the gate. I'm so glad that we could go on a vacation to the Bahamas, but it won't stop us from recording. I know, Gabe, we're such dedicated podcasters that we're even going to record when we're on vacation. Oh, it's just so nice to be in a place where we can relax and there's no supervillains, though. Yeah, there's so many beautiful things to see, like all the sparkling water, the sand, the trees, and... Wait, what is that? Uh, Gabe, don't worry about that. Those people are just, like, not moving around a lot. It's not like in the city where people are moving so fast because there's so much to do and they're just so stressed out and always running around. See, those people are just chilled out. That's why they're not moving. Wait, they're not moving at all. Yeah, you're right. They do look a little bit more like statues than people. And, and what's that stripy guy over there? Is that a zebra in a tuxedo? Oh my gosh, it is a zebra in a tuxedo. <laughs> I'm Mr. Zebra. I can put stripes on people and freeze them. Why are you doing this, Mr. Zebra? Ah, I'm stuck here in the Bahamas, so I am going to stripe everybody I see and freeze them un until I get tickets for a boat or a plane to leave this island. Oh no, we need a superpower to stop Mr. Zebra. Well, Gabe, we're in luck, because we've got a few to choose from this week. The first comes from seven-year-old Cora of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Cora tells us about Taxipan Man who does a big taxi that can turn into a pan. He will knock out Mr. Zebra, then scoop him up in a pan using his super strength. Taxi Pan will then plop him into his taxi and drive him to where he can't cause trouble. We've got another option from seven-year-old Cole, also of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Cole's gonna use Exacto Pounce. Now, we don't know too much about the superpower or how this is gonna stop him, but it sounds like a great power. Cole also tells us about a power to beat Building Smasher from last week. If you remember, the letters were T and C, and Cole recommended telekinetics. Great job getting all the letters in one long word there, Cole. Gabe, do you have any ideas for how we can beat Mr. Zebra with a P-A-X? The power is Crazy Paradox. And who uses Crazy Paradox? Paradox Crazy uses the power Crazy Paradox. How is that going to stop Mr. Zebra? Paradox Crazy will travel back in time and grab Mr. Zebra before he somehow gets into the Bahamas and throw him somewhere else. And then Mr. Zebra will not be in the Bahamas when he travels back to the exact time when he had traveled. That is a great idea. And for our listeners at home, a paradox is when you have two things that can't be true at the same time like a time traveler who travels back in time and breaks her own time machine before she ever had a chance to use it, which means she could have never gone back in the first place. Do you have an idea to beat Mr. Zebra? Yeah, my idea is pretty lazy. When I saw the letters this week, P-A-X, I remembered something I learned about in school called the Pax Romana which was a long period of peace instituted by the Roman Emperor Caesar Augustus. I don't remember anything other than that. How will it work? Well, 
The only thing I remember about the Pax Romana is that it was really long, so maybe it will just force Mr. Zebra to be peaceful for a long time while we figure something else out. That is what I classify as totally lazy, but it's a good power. So here's how I see this going down. First, we're going to have Cole come in here and use his telekinetic power to lift Mr. Zebra up off the ground, and then Taxi Pan Man can catch him in his pan. And then, the taxi may have broken down, so we can use Paradox Crazy to do the exact thing I said about the time machine. So, we'll travel back in time and have a debate about which came first, the taxi or the pan, and when Mr. Zebra tries to escape, we'll start Pax Romana, which will take a really long time while we sort out the paradox. I think we're going to beat him. What do you think, Gabe? Totally. I think Mr. Zebra is not going to be a problem anymore, and we can just enjoy our vacation. But wait, I see somebody else getting off the plane, and, and she looks pretty worried. Why don't you go ask her who she is and, and if we can help? That girl's nine years old, and she's from Ada, Michigan, and her name is Helen. Why does she look so worried, Gabe? Well, apparently she's found a new villain. She went over here to get away from it. She found a new villain? What are the powers? I guess the villain's name is Potty Man. Potty Man? Oh no! What does he do? He can basically do everything inappropriate that you can think of. Oh no, this sounds terrible. Now Helen didn't tell us about the exact threat that Potty Man is causing, but I bet it's messy. We need some good, clean superpowers to fix this, and we need your help coming up with them. Now. Let's generate our random letters for the superpower we need to fight Potty Man. Gabe, throw the switch. Check. Power up the random letter generator. Right on. And let's generate some letters. Our letters generated this week were D, O, and C. D, O, C. Like Doc. Listeners, we need your help coming up with superpowers that have the letters D, O, and C for beating Potty Man. And this is a villain who really needs to be beaten. Thank you for listening to Villainous Letters. Gabeable, out. See you later, weirdo. Hello, dear listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Issue 3 of Just Us Weirdos. There are so many exciting things to report this week. First off, we had two of the coolest villainous letter submissions we've gotten to date. Unfortunately, they came in after we recorded this week. But you can hear them and see them on Facebook. Nine-year-old Rashan from Austin, Texas, and his sister, five-year-old Nishka, also from Austin, Texas, sent in video submissions for PAX superheroes. These are cool and detailed, and there's drawings and video, and I don't want to spoil it for you. Just head to facebook.com slash justusweirdos and check it out for yourselves. We are loving the submissions we're seeing, and if you haven't heard yours yet, just keep tuning in. We're going to use all of these. 
And as always, if you do have your own ideas, you can send them to us through our website at justusweirdos.com or get in touch with us on social media. Facebook and Twitter are Just Us Weirdos and Instagram is Just Us Weirdos Podcast. Remember, Just Us Weirdos is a new podcast and growth is so important to us right now. If you're liking what you hear, the best thing you can do is ask a friend to listen. One other exciting announcement this week is that musician Joe Carnlock has some new music coming out. Dedicated listeners know that Joe and his brother James do our opening music. Thanks again for that, Joe. And so I'm so excited to tell our listeners to check out the Spotify page of Joe Carnlock, where you can hear all his music, including his new song. I got a preview of it on Facebook, and it's pretty awesome. Additional creative comments by Attribution 3.0 licensed music this week includes Zigzag by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and Cinderella by Love Hustler. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember, be kind, be clever, and be weird. See you next week, weirdos.